Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm just excited about this morning. I want to welcome you. I don't know if this is your first time with us or your thousandth time. I just want to say a big welcome to City Church. I'm really excited that you're here this morning. I believe that we're in for a great time and going to hear a challenging word, but I believe a real word in season for all of us. Have you ever lost anything really small? I mean, so small that it's like, this is going to be really hard to find. We were at a resort pool uh, over our holiday period, and my wife's ring uh, slid off her finger and into the pool. It was a big pool. And it's like something that's small in a big pool is not easy to find. We couldn't you know, see the bottom of it. So we did what, uh, what we knew to do, and that's to use our feet. We didn't have goggles or anything like that. That was kind of the, the next level. If we're going to couldn't find it with our feet, then we'd have to go get, get some kids' goggles or something from somebody at the pool, <laughs> go down and dive and everything. And my son was there diving. And, uh, but I remember the first thing I did is I felt something with my toes, and I thought, this must be the ring. And I pulled it up with my toes. It's amazing. You can grab stuff with your toes. Anybody else do that? And uh, from primates, I guess. And uh, so I pulled up. It was a rock. It's like, that's not it. And then uh, I think my son dove down and got the ring. But the thought of something tiny or small but significant, finding that in something really big, it's quite a daunting thing. What I want to talk to us this morning, and probably going to turn into a series, to be quite honest, but I think it's going to be a very exciting one, uh, for you, a great journey to be on. I want to talk about finding something that I think is enormous. I and mean, you would think that something really big would be really easy to find, and yet this particular thing overwhelms so many people. I want to talk about walking in the will of God, or we could reframe that finding the will of God for your life if you want to get really big with that one. Something so big should be so easy to find, and yet it eludes so many of us and causes us so much anguish. Why doesn't God just speak to me? <laughs> Yell at me. Do something. Get a plane, write it in the sky. I don't know. Hand me a book with my name on it and say, this is the will, my will for your life. It just doesn't seem to work that way. And what I've discovered that really took a lot of the anguish and stress out of my life is that finding the will of God is not so much finding something around me or out there somewhere in the universe. It's actually like most things when it comes to God, it's looking inside. In fact, I will say this, it's really just simple steps that God has us to take, that God shows us one step at a time. But it starts with a journey that so few of us really want to enter into, and that's having a good look on the inside of us. When I say the inside of you, I'm talking about your heart. I'm also talking about your mind, your soul. I'm talking about having a good look at who am I and where am I going from the inside out, not so much on the outside. You see, the biggest blockage to finding the will of God and walking in the will of God, it's not the government. I hate to disappoint some people. 
It's not the atheists that don't believe in God that's the biggest blockage to you finding God's will. It's not that aggro, unreasonable, hard-to-get-along-with person that you work with. That, you know, you want to blame things, or perhaps the company. It's, it's none of those things on the outside. And get ready, big drum roll on this. It's really you that's the biggest blockage <laughs> to finding the will of God. That's bad news. I don't want to face up to me. I don't want to look inside. I want to blame somebody else or something else. But you'll never know the will of God. You'll never discover the will of God as long as you do the blame game. Looking inside is not blaming yourself either and beating yourself up and feeling really, really bad is not going to lead you into the will of God. It's not about looking at yourself in the mirror and going, gosh, you know, I look terrible. I'm just a miserable accident waiting to happen and all the bad stuff starts to come up and you feel really bad about yourself. You're not going to find the will of God there either. So the blockage on the inside in our mind and, and in our soul, these blockages are real and there's a way for these things to get unblocked in our life. And that's the journey that I want us to go on uh, during this series of walking in the will of God or discovering the will of God. I kind of looked at, this is my first message here for the year, and I thought, maybe I'll call it, what do I do in 22? That's kind of catchy, isn't it? But it's pretty corny. And I thought, no, I'll throw corny away. We'll just go with something that doesn't rhyme with 22. Uh, we'll look at this, though, in 22 at the start. Hopefully we'll have a much better year. I want you to go with me over to Psalm 37 and verse 22. Is it 22? I don't even know. I've got to look at it again. No, it's 23, so this would have been better in a year's time. <laughs> Psalm 37, listen to this. The steps of a good man or woman, it's generic, are ordered by the Lord, and he, God, delights in his way. I like the fact that what God's doing in us results in just simple steps. It's not the long journey of a person that's been born again is mysteriously ordered in the cosmos by the Lord, and it's very hard and woe to be the person. You'll never find it. No, 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 no. It's so big and so enormous and so significant, I would say this, that you can't miss it. The will of God. But the steps of a good man, a good man or a good woman, isn't somebody that's good compared to God, because none is good compared to God. But it's somebody that is surrendering their will to God's will and more interested about what God is doing on the inside of them than all of the things that are going on around them. See, people tend to look at what's going on around them. They look at what's happening uh, to them, and they ask, what, God, what is God doing? But the biggest question is, what is God doing in me. If you ask yourself that question, and I love to ask that question frequently, uh, especially at the beginning of a year. So I say, God, what are you doing in me, and what have you been doing, and how, how, how much have I changed into the image of Christ even over this past year, 2021? 
And I love to, to reflect on that, and I think about those things a lot. I think, well, I learned to love people that previously were unlovable. That's a big thing. That's a really big thing in God's economy. It's a big thing, really, in the world's eyes, too, if you do it on a big scale. But it's not such a big thing if you don't. And I, and I look on the inside of me, and I think, well, I've got faith that I didn't have, and, and I've, I've learned a whole lot more about your ways, God, and you've been teaching me how you operate. Uh, I've been hearing you in different ways more and learning more about how you do speak and surrendering my imagination to you and not letting other things captivate my thought life. These are big, significant things that just get overlooked, especially when we're looking about finding the will of God. We, we just think it's out there somewhere. And, and, and somehow, somebody else is going to give me my big break, and maybe they will. But if they give you your big break, and you're not holing him on the inside, your big break is going to break you, and you're going to turn into something that God didn't want you to turn into. So looking on the inside, it's a scary thing, but it's a necessary thing. And it's, it's the most necessary thing, I believe, that we can do. Now, I'm so thankful because the Apostle Paul, who wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament, mostly written from a prison cell, so he was not a free man on the outside. If anybody could say, based on circumstances, uh, I'm definitely not in the will of God because look at this persecution and punishment and uh, I don't look like I'm blessed uh, he's in a prison cell, mostly in Rome, and <laughs> he's got guards, he's got uh, fetters on, you know, chains and all of that, you know, going on. It's not comfortable at all. He's not watching Netflix in a comfy room or something. He's seriously in a bad place naturally, and yet he's fully in the will of God. He went there by choice. He didn't go there under duress. He didn't go there uh, against his will in following the will of God one step after another step and following the character that God wanted to develop on the inside of him, he ended up in a prison cell. Fancy that. But aren't we glad about that? Because two-thirds of our New Testament, roughly, were written by him in that prison cell, and they are so profound today. They are life-changing, but they're very much dealing with the inside. He doesn't show us how to live a more luxurious life, be famous and rich in the lap of luxury, do this, and you're going to get all of these things, and your dream's going to come alive. Now, your dream will come alive when his dream comes alive on the inside of you. Your dream out there, when it lines up with his dream, when he gives you, it says, the desires of your heart, both the fulfillment of the desire, but also the very desire itself. When you desire what he desires, then you get what you desire, because you desire what he desires. So Paul writes this whole thing, and I love the book of Romans, because he's, he's writing to the, to the Roman believers, and in Romans chapter 6, and we're just going to pick it up there, uh, I want to give you two absolute realities that you can live in and walk in and find the will of God for yourself. Now, you're going to have to follow with me. This is not an easy sermon. It's something that you'll have to stay focused 
Uh, you, you, if you tune out, you start thinking about what you're going to have for lunch or uh, the pastor's white jacket, which I did put on because of the back, black background, realized I will disappear up here. I'll just be a, a head and some arms or something floating around. If you focus on anything else than what God wants to uh, feed you with, then you're going to miss this, uh, and you'll just have to go back and watch us on YouTube, which I do encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, share these things. A big plug there. Romans chapter 6, 3 to 7, Paul writing. He says this, or don't you know, I love the fact, don't you know, you, you want to know what God's will is. I want to know. When you know something, everything changes. When you don't know something, well, it's a pretty scary, tenuous place to be. Do you, or don't you know that all of us, that includes everybody here, all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, in other words, when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we sang that song, For God So Loved the World. We're all candidates for that. When you surrender your heart to Him, you get baptized into Him. Uh, the word baptized just means fully immersed. Not part of me. He didn't just touch me a little bit. Uh, he, it, it's all. It's all or nothing, actually. It's an all or nothing proposition. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of all, somebody said, or is Lord of nothing. All of us were baptized into Christ Jesus. We're baptized, here we go, into his death. Don't you know that? You were baptized into his death. Now we'll unpack that a little bit. Verse 4. We were therefore buried with him. He's using uh, terms that you normally just would not use. Baptized into, if you don't get that one, don't think of water for a moment. Think about being buried. <laughs> Put in a, a hole, so to speak. Not, not physically, but metaphorically. You were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Why? In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, I used to be an accountant. I'm not anymore, so please do not come to me with any questions about accountancy or taxes or anything to do with any of that because I won't give you that advice for your sake, not for mine, but uh, uh, you will, you'll get bad advice if you come to me with that. But I do understand I've uh, you know, got my degree and some experience in that area. I love things that, that kind of have a left side and a right side or a ledger, if you will, or balance sheets and things like that. And he's given us something here that has a death side and a life side. You can't separate one without the other. These things go together. So he says here, you were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. Verse 5, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know, oh gosh, here we go. He said, do you not know? Now he's saying this, this is what we do know. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. In other words, we know the death part of that equation happened at the cross. 
You went to the cross with him. When he went to the cross, you went to the cross. Your old self, that flesh, that old nature, went to the cross with him. We know, we know our old self was, not going to be, not will be someday, but our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. You say, well, Pastor Ed and Apostle Paul, I don't feel like it's dead. I don't feel like I'm dead to sin. I still feel like that thing is very much alive, and therefore I tend to find myself doubting whether I'm even saved or not. I, I tend to find myself looking at the other side of that ledger or, or the other side of, of that equation and going, well, that newness of life, yeah, I hope so someday. I hope to go to heaven. I said the prayer, so my ticket is stamped, paid for. But this bit about the old being dead, crucified with him, that's the part that I'm uncomfortable with because I still don't behave that way. Uh, I, I still have ugly moments. Anybody else have an ugly moment? Well, I guess I'm alone up here. I'm all by myself. Uh, confessions. Yes, I still have ugly moments. And I'm a pastor. And so do you. And so did Paul. And I love that about Paul. He is so candidly honest. Uh, uh, it's something that made me fall in love with the Word of God and, and, and his writings is because Man, that guy doesn't pull punches, but he's very, very honest about himself. We'll get to that in a moment. But reality number one, these are absolute realities. These, you can, these are certainties that I want to give you. And I'm only probably going to give you one this morning. It's going to help you find the will of God for your life. Reality number one, the death of my old nature is as real as the crucifixion of Christ. <laughs> Now, that's stating the obvious, but I think sometimes we need to state the obvious so that God's Spirit can, can, can allow that truth to sink into our heart. Why? So that we can start to walk in that. Was Christ crucified? Well, it, I think a few of us say, yeah, uh, he was. Historians say he definitely was crucified. Nobody argues about the crucifixion. If you do, well, you, you, there's something wrong there. Was Christ crucified? The answer is unequivocally, yes, he was crucified. Therefore, was your old nature crucified, dead, and buried? The answer to that is yes. If he was crucified, your old nature was crucified. What Paul calls the flesh. It was, it was dealt with. It was dealt a death blow on the cross. When he went to the cross... He took and not only died himself on the cross, but he took and killed your old nature, everything that was contrary against you, that caused you to behave the way that you don't want to behave. The old man, the old you that needed to be totally done away with. He totally done away with that, did away with that on the cross. That's a reality. 
It's not something that we're waiting to happen. When, when uh, we go to heaven, then it's all going to be done away with then. It's been done away with now. We read that. You need to go back and honestly get a hold and read that. We'll, we'll look uh, more at that. But when you give your life to Christ, your old sinful nature gets killed, crucified, dead, buried. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. And when you have faith in your old nature, that your old nature is alive and that the cross wasn't the complete job with that, faith in that will keep you from living out of your new nature and that will keep you from finding and walking in the will of God. And for most people, that's where it stops. That's the reason why something so big and so obvious becomes so small and hard to find is because they're not living out of the number one reality Old man is dead. He was crucified, dead, and buried with Christ. He no longer lives. It's, it's no longer I, the old man that lives, but Christ who lives in me. That's the, that's the other uh, reality that we'll look at down the track. So from God's abiding presence and, and, and his faithfulness, we're absent. We're, we're, it's, it's, it eludes us. If you don't understand what he did, at the cross to your old nature, then you won't experience his abiding presence. People go, I just don't know where the presence of God is. Don't feel the presence of God anymore. It's because you're still alive. You've got more faith in that than you do in what he did at the cross when he crucified and killed your old nature. Finding the will of God becomes an incredibly difficult thing. You can't walk in God's perfectly will his perfect will, if your old nature is alive and you've got faith in that. Think about for a moment, does anything dead go to heaven? The answer is no, definitely not. Is your old nature going to heaven? God forbid, I hope not. Well, to find God's will, why would you think you're going to walk in God's will and have faith that the old is still alive? Because it's not alive. For your new nature to connect with God, you must walk in the reality that your old sin nature is dead. Look at Galatians 2.20. Now this is all through uh, the New Testament, what Paul writes. Galatians 2.20. Have I not been crucified with Christ? Sorry. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Paul, you're writing this letter You've got breath. You've got a heartbeat. You're still alive. What are you talking about? Are you in heaven now? Did you die and write this through angels to us? No. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says in, again back in Romans 6, he says, I count, count yourselves dead. It's not just your body which is going to die, but your sin nature is dead, dead, dead. How, how do you know that you're dead in those areas? Well, think for a moment. I, I don't spend my, my life around dead people. That'd be twisted and weird. But occasionally, as a pastor, I get asked to do funerals. I have been around people that have gone on. Uh, hopefully to heaven, but their shell, their body, that hunk of clay is still there. 
Now, I've never done this, but I suppose I could. I could walk up and insult them after they've moved on. And I don't think they're going to get up and go, what did you say to me? <laughs> I'm so insulted. That really hurt me. Now, you can, you, you can call them whatever names you want. You can smack them. You can pinch them. You can threaten them. They're not going to react to any of that. The other thing they're not going to do is gossip about you. They're not going to lie about you. You don't have to worry about leaving your purse, ladies, in a room where there's somebody that's not alive there. There's a whole bunch of things that if a person's dead, they're dead. They're not going to react or do anything according to what they did when they were alive in the flesh. If you're dead, in fact, I'll put it this way, we'll flip it over, uh, how do you know you're still alive to these things because you're still doing things that are contrary to the spirit of life in Christ Jesus? If you're gossiping right now, you've got to crucify something. You've got to, you've got to put faith, rather, in the fact that that is crucified. If you're still telling lies, you've got to have faith in the fact that the new creation doesn't tell lies. That's got to be the old man. He's, I, I still have to be putting faith in him in order for that to be happening in my life. If you're doing lustful things and, and, and other things, you just know that doesn't line up with the Word of God, the Spirit of God, then guess what? Your old man is still alive. If you're feeding that old thing, then it's still alive. Who in the heck wants to have this ugly zombie dead thing that they're carrying around? And that's the way it looks like with a lot of people. And it's not glorifying God, and it's not making you look really good either. But what makes somebody look really good? is when they're walking in the newness of life in Christ Jesus and the old is gone. I, last time I checked, telling the truth and not gossiping and not stealing and not committing murder with your tongue and not looking at somebody else's wife, men or husband, women. Last time I checked, those things were pretty appealing. Speaking kind words, being an encouraging person. The last time I checked, that was a pretty, those were attractive traits to have. I, I, I look at what we could be doing to walk in the will of God in the newness of life, but we've got so much faith in the dead man or dead woman, the flesh, the sinful nature. All of these things are talking about the same thing. We've got faith in that. What do you mean I got faith in it? It means that that thing is still alive and you are not standing your ground that is dead. I don't live any longer to that. I live now by the Word of God. I live the, the life of Christ. Christ lives in me. It's dead, dead, dead. You won't find the will of God. You won't feel the presence of God. None of that is going to happen. It's not yours if the old person is still alive. Now, there's two aspects to the old man or old woman. I'm just using the terms that Scripture uses, the sin nature. There's two aspects that, I, that you'll find in, in, in all of us when it comes to walking in that. And I've, I've said this years ago. God showed me, you've got an evil clone. It's like you got this clone that looks exactly like you walking around. And, and the scripture uses the word carne, carnal. It means meat. You got this meat-eating monster 
that looks exactly like you called your old nature or your flesh walking around representing you. <laughs> and people go, well, that, that's Ed. But man, he sure doesn't act like a Christian, let alone a pastor. My goodness. Did you hear what came out of his mouth? Wow, did you hear what he was talking about? How he was talking? And, and, and you know that person is not representing you. In fact, theologically, it's not even you. It's your flesh. It's not the Spirit of God, the, uh, the, your spirit renewed in the Spirit of God. It is representing you. This evil clone is walking around representing you and misrepresenting the real you. And he does this on two fronts. Number one, he does it by just acting carnal. I'm going to do whatever feels good, baby. I'm going to do it. If it feels good, woo! And that Christian stuff, that's a drag. You don't want to do that stuff. Come on, man. Seriously? <laughs> you want to have fun. <laughs> and the definition of fun, the border is just, there is no boundary or border anymore. It's just whatever feels good. Yo! Then you got the other side of the clown, because the clown's two-faced. He is two-faced. And the other side of the clown, he tries to be religious. And both of them don't represent Christ. And both of them need to be dragged into submission to the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ because you have been. You're not going to be. You have been crucified. You have to have as much faith in that as you do in I am going to heaven someday. Or you'll never find the will of God. You'll, you can't walk in the will of God and walk in that evil clone. And the other side of the evil clone, I just call him self-righteous. He's religious. Oh, you know, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, I've been praying a bit. Yeah, I've been doing a bit of fasting too. Yeah. Have you been online seeing my Bible study plan that I tell everybody about? I want to tell you now what God showed me and God spoke to me. In fact, you know, when I went to Bible school, we went to school, one of the students there, his, his, we called him Buzz as a nickname. We also called him the Z-Man because he was so zealous. But whenever Buzz would come over and visit us guys, there was a group of us guys that kind of hung out together, did Bible college together. He'd always come in, and then you'd kind of wait for it. Sure enough, here it comes. And he starts telling you all the amazing things he did. Have you ever been around somebody like that? They're so interested in them. They're not quiet about it all. They, they just, look at me, look what I did. I'm so, I, I, I get up in the morning, I do an hour devotion, I pray in tongues for two hours, and then I go out witnessing, and, you know, and I don't have a job for some reason. I can't figure that one out, but uh, that's the way I go through life. Whenever the Z-man would show up, we'd wait for it. He came in one day, and he goes, yep, yeah. <sighs> now there's seven people, now there's seven precious souls in the kingdom. We're like, okay, boss. Tell us what happened. Seven people. God, save, gloriously, save. 
for me yesterday. Well, the neighbor lady came over with seven kids playing next door, and he told them they're all going to hell if they don't say this prayer after him. They went in crying to them. They said whatever he said, and they went in screaming and crying to their Jewish mother. She was not impressed. He was impressed. He's the only guy at our Bible school, and he said he got so much out of it. And they said, if you don't get anything out of this school when you graduate, we'll give you your money back. Every day, whoa, wasn't that amazing what was preached today? Wow, you know, that's so cool because I'm doing all that. Well, this is amazing stuff. The Z-Man. He's the only one of two people that said, I want my money back. I didn't get anything out of the school at the end. What is it? It was this evil clone running around being religious. You'll see it in the prodigal, the prodigal son. Prodigal son, he's the carnal side. He's out there raging, man. He's like, give me my inheritance now, because there's a party, and I'm going to it, and I, I need some, some cash to splash. I'm going to get some, you know, ooh, there's some, there's some amazing stuff going on here. Give me the money, Dad. Dad gives him the money. He goes out there. He runs out of cash. He's eating pig slop, all the rest of it. He starts coming home. But the other side of the evil clown is waiting there, and he's the older brother. I've been right. I've done everything. I haven't screwed up. I didn't do what that guy did. But he's just as wicked, if not more wicked, than the other one. Because he's religious, self-righteous. My point is this. The absolute reality, number one, that I gave you is that your old is dead, but he needs to be brought under the submission of Jesus Christ by faith. You've got to identify that. Look inside and say, what needs to be brought under submission in me so that I can walk as a good man, having my steps ordered by the Lord, and I can find the will of God in my life? Because it's big and obvious and enormous, but it eludes so many people because they got faith that the old is still alive. And religion panders to that. I want to give you five steps today how you can be a better person or whatever. Hogwash. Throw it away. I want to give you one thing. Have faith that that thing is gone. And walk in that. And walk in the newness of life. And you won't fulfill. Walk in the spirit, the Bible says. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you fulfill the lust of the flesh, you are walking in the spirit. If you're not walking in the spirit, you'll, ne you'll never find the will of God for your life. You'll be looking at everything on the outside, hoping for a clue, a sign in the sky, your lucky break. Well, friends, we don't need a lucky break. We need just to know what the next step is from God by seeing what God tells us to do in the next step. And then the next step. And the next step after that. It's an absolute reality that I want to encourage all of us to walk in the Spirit, walk consistently according to the Word of God, and get that evil clone, for goodness sakes, get him where he belongs, crucified, dead, and buried. That's why baptism is so important. You all went down. Don't, you know, when you came up, he didn't come up with you. You knew came up, and that's what baptism in water signifies. I really encourage all of us. In fact, I'm closing right now, and I'd like the uh, worship team to come back up. We're going to have communion in a moment here. If you're watching online uh, on our YouTube channel or uh, 
whatever, uh, I really want to encourage you. The first thing that we need to do, that you need to do, if you haven't already done it, is give Jesus Christ your life. He doesn't resurrect. He doesn't bring back an old and new improved version of your old man. When you give him your life, you're born again. A brand new creation that never before existed. The old is gone. The new has come. Does it mean you're never going to sin again or you're going to be perfect? No, 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 not at all. But you can walk in God's Spirit, get into God's Word, and He'll show you every step, one step at a time usually, and you'll walk in God's will. You'll find God's will because it's enormous. It's huge. It's seriously huge and almost impossible to not find it if you're walking in the Spirit of God. So I want to give you a chance if you're here right now or you're watching us online, I want to give you a chance to give your heart to Jesus Christ. This is a decision that I made, I don't know, 40-something years ago. Uh, and, and most of the people in this room have made that decision. It starts right here with a decision. And I want to give you that chance right now to ask Him into your heart make that decision it's the most important decision that you will ever, ever make. So if you want to say this prayer with me, uh, this is not a formula. This is a heartfelt prayer. And uh, I'm just going to lead you in this. And if you'll say this after me out loud, wherever you're at, if you're in a living room, um, if you're in a car, just turn off the car. If you're listening to podcasts, pull over. And, and, and make this decision right now for Jesus Christ to come into your heart. And he'll meet you right there. You will be born again, brand new. So say this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. I give you my life. And I thank you for a new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look, if you prayed that prayer and you're here, we'd love to give you uh, some resources at the information desk as you walk out through the foyer there. On the left-hand side, there's a desk there. We've got Bibles and some information. You can also connect on the QR code and get you started in dinner parties and letting you know what we have to help you walk in the will of God. If you're uh, watching online, hit that QR code. Let us know that you prayed that prayer, made that decision to follow Jesus Christ. We would love to know. And if, there's, uh, if you're in another city, we'd love to help you get connected with the church in your city so that you can start to grow and follow Jesus. So make sure you do that. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.